Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Allison Gill of Mother She Wrote and MSW Media. We have so much to talk about. Oh my God, Trump was indicted, Wisconsin, so much. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up Podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now please enjoy my conversation with Mother She Wrote's Allison Gill. Welcome back to the show, Allison. Hello, it's so good to talk to you, my friend. Yes, it's so good to do, especially today. Because we are the optimistic team here, and um, at least part of it. And so I want to jump right in. Uh, Well, first of all, I listened to the Daily Beans today because I thought, well, I'm going to talk to you. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, And the first thing I want to start off with is Wisconsin because it's so fucking awesome. We're absolutely going to talk about Trump. But let's talk a little bit about Wisconsin. And I want you to talk about the wow because I don't remember the name of the uh, places in the wow situation. So will you just go over that for my listeners? Oh gosh, it's a, a, a Waukesha. Oh, uh, and I can't remember the O, and the other one is Washington. It's okay. like the three counties around Madison, right? And they're usually Republican strongholds. And the Wow counties actually got so close in the margins that it, you know Republicans are freaking out right now, and and you know rightfully so when you when you go on a tear to ban books and ban marriage and whitewash history you're gonna upset the kids and the women so they turned out uh in excessive and amazing numbers and they voted in uh judge janet and also our friend dina nina which had me in tears at the end of the daily that was fucking awesome um and judge janet that's that's good because i can't say her last name um let's talk about that for a minute because it's my understanding that in 2020 it was one Supreme Court justice that basically saved Wisconsin for, for, uh, from going for Trump. Am I correct on that? Uh, yeah, memory serves. Okay. So this woman here is uh, – the, the reason it was so important is because she's basically holding on to that, um, like, democracy-saving attitude, you know, and not letting somebody like Donald Trump steal an election. It was such an important – and then on top of it, they say – I think Gretchen Whit- Whitmer um, – signed uh and it was an ab- abortion how do you say it it was just a, a, a not an abortion ban but like a ban so abortions can't be banned I, i'm so fucking this has been the crazy ass week for me so sorry if i can't get my words together correctly but you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah old abortion yes, thank ban you. <laughs> and she gave us what wisconsin is going to be looking like michigan wisconsin is going to start to look like michigan now because of janet protosewitz who is going to stop the unholy gerrymandering um, and, you know, draw some fair maps so that a a, a state that's pretty 50-50 doesn't have massive supermajorities in the state legislature and and also – so we don't have unfair elections to the U.S. House of Representatives – from Wisconsin, it's going to make a huge difference, and they'll be able to repeal their abortion ban. They have a really super old, uh, hundred year, hundreds years old abortion ban that um, they'll be able to repeal in Wisconsin now. So, 
that's the future. Michigan is the future. Wisconsin has to look forward to, and they fought hard for it. And I'm so, so happy. Yeah. And you know, you had tweeted, um, let me go to this tweet. You had said that the, the, the banning uh, watching Republicans ban books, demand genital inspections. Oh my God. That's so awful. Awful. Whitewash history, perpetuate gun violence and take away people's rights is resulting in a massive youth rebellion. Kids aren't stupid. Republicans uh, are underestimating them. Now, I don't know if you saw the other night. Was it last night? I think it was last night. Chris Hayes did this whole thing about Donald Trump. And he was, you know, basically he's been he was saying what I've been thinking with the party is just tied to him no matter what. And they keep doing things like you just mentioned in this tweet. And if Trump, you know, I've seen people I've had people say to me, Oh my God, I think Trump's going to be the nominee. Oh my God. And, you know, if, if I were to say something like, well, he's lost so much there, but he won before and we thought that. And, you know, Chris Hayes was pointing out that this is completely, this is not 2016. He has lost so many different times. And often when he attaches his name to a candidate, they lose. And so what I wanted to ask you and, and get your thoughts on this do you think that the Republican Party is basically, you know, because they're doubling down on abortion bans and book bans and hating on trans people and all of this, do you think that that's going to seriously hurt them in 2024? Well, yeah, that happened in 2020. It happened in 2022. He lost and it'll happen again in 2024. And he's not getting more popular. He's getting less popular, <laughs> particularly in general elections. <laughs> uh, and, and anyone who's like, oh, this indictment's going to help him. No, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's it, you might think, like, okay, here's the thing. This indictment, just like the search on Mar-a-Lago, is making Republicans defend Trump again. It's re-yoking the Republican Party to Donald Trump, and we want that. <laughs> if he's the nominee, hallelujah. <laughs> that's what I think. I'm afraid to think that, but I, I, that's what I think. Because he just you know. he can't win, I don't think. He's already lost so many times. And, you know, I mean the joke is like, you know, Joe Biden could walk out in his slippers and robe and win. And I'm yeah. not I'm not saying we should take everything for granted. But I think, you know, now I also want to talk about this youth vote because it's a big fucking deal. And mm-hmm. I you know, people who are comfortable generally are are not motivated into any kind of action. Just because they're comfortable. So clearly the Republicans have made so many people uncomfortable, not just young people, not just women, but that's the bit, you know, those are the two big ones. And we're seeing uh, even like Republicans killing Roe. It's not over because it's not like they killed Roe and now they're shutting up about it. Now they're going and doubling down. Even Ann Coulter is begging the Republican Party to leave it alone (laughs) because it's hurting them, which is funny. But um, so you're so then basically you're feeling optimistic about the 2024 election. Oh, yeah, 100 percent, whether it's uh, for the White House or whether it's for uh, the Senate or whether it's for, you know, even the House, because the House is on this weird, you know, let's look at Hunter Biden's naked photos and let's bring in Twitter people and it's, it's ridiculous. Nobody likes it. The polls, the numbers are in. Everybody thinks Jim Jordan is stupid, Mm -hmm. even his own party. (laughs) Uh, And now he's trying to subpoena Mark Pomerantz. And I have, I Kimberly, I have a simple rhyme for people to remember. (laughs) If you receive a subpoena from Jim Jordan, here's a simple rhyme to remind you what to do. Sue to block, 
run out the clock okay because that's what jim jordan did (laughs) he still hasn't responded to his subpoena Mm -hmm. from congress so i'm not scared at all i'm very very uh, excited about the 2024 election because you know in 2022 we we lost the house by a slim margin we picked up seats in the senate we have a really tough senate map in 2024 Um, but I think we can easily regain the House. I think we can hold the Senate. And for sure, if Donald Trump is the nominee, he's not only going to lose the White House, he's going to help the Republicans lose the Senate and the House and any other, you know, abortion issues or, or uh, trans issues, LGBTQ issues that come up, health care issues. All we got to do is run on health care, guns. And, uh, you know, and and when I say health care, I mean abortion care mm-hmm. as well, women's rights and Roe. Mm-hmm. And and we'll smash them. And democracy. We proved in Wisconsin that voters care about the preservation of democracy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I think it's going to be an incredible election year. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a feeling the same thing is going to happen to me. I was just talking about this on my patrons only show, but like during the entire time in 2022, I was pretty chill until that last night, until election night, and I lost my fucking shit. I was so scared. Like, when um, Rubio won and DeSantis won, I was terrified. And then I went on Mary Trump's show, and Mary Trump was terrified. And it was like, I was like, no! And basically, Bob had to, like, peel me off the wall. I was so scared. But uh, obviously, for the most part, we did good. So let me ask you this, because I want you to explain this to me. Uh, you had called it that Mike Pence is not going to appeal the district court ruling compelling him to testify before the federal grand jury. So explain why you knew that. that he, I guess I'm kind of smart. Um, <laughs> all of this spending 15 hours a day for the last five years <laughs> steeped in Trump stuff has really uh, lent to my body knowledge. No, but here's the thing, right? He goes in and says, speech or debate clause protects me because I was a member of the Senate that day. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you're not going to win. But he, you know, and and I was like, you're not going to, at least you're not going to win on conversations you had with a criminal in the executive branch. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And, and that's what happened. He won a little bit. He won a sliver and he did set a a precedent Mm -hmm. that vice presidents don't have to be called to testify in criminal cases about their duties as a member of the Senate when they're presiding over the Senate. Mm -hmm. Cool. You won a little bit, a tiny little bit. But what he lost was that he has to testify about his discussions with Trump. Speech or debate clause will not shield him from testifying about discussions with Trump where he is allegedly criming Mm -hmm. Um, so that January 6th call is now in play. All the calls they had, all the discussions they had, Jack can't ask about those. And I said, there's no way Trump is going to, or Pence, excuse me, is going to appeal this because he got a little bit of a win. Mm -hmm. And the way that it was spun when he got that win leads me to believe that it was Pence's team that leaked it. Hmm. Um, to put a spin on it saying we won our battle of the speech and debate clause. Yes, we do have to testify about a couple things, but we won. Uh, we got a W and I was like, he's going to take that win and ride the fence, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to try to, you know, keep Trump supporters in his pocket by saying, I fought the law. <laughs> and then going to try to also take out his opponent by testifying against him. So both at the same time. And if he appealed Right to the D.C. appellate court, which is very cool and very legal and very liberal, he would he he could risk an outright outright loss mm-hmm. 
Okay. Right. He's going to burden a hand for him. A fly mm-hmm. on the hair is worth two in the bush mm-hmm. for, for Pence. So he can say he won. He can still testify and try to take down his number one opponent and ride both sides of the fence like the spineless coward he is. And I said, there's no way he's going to appeal this. He's going to take his little tiny W and, and go home. And he did. And that's what he's doing. And, and, and I mean, it, it seemed obvious to me that that was his most eloquent solution. And it was also very eloquent for Judge Boesberg to give him that tiny win. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so that's, <laughs> now he has to testify about all the crimes. And Jack Smith isn't going to appeal the mm-hmm. decision by Judge Boesberg because he got everything he wanted. Yeah. And everyone wins. It's a win-win situation. Pence got his tiny W. Jack Smith gets to ask him everything that he wanted to ask him in the in front of the federal grand jury. Pence gets to pretend to the Trump supporters that he fought hard and sent a new set a new historical precedent. Uh, fought the deep state, uh, and he gets to also go in and literally, probably take down his opponent. Wow. Now, do you think that he's going to take advantage of that, or do you think he's going to? like plead the fifth or something oh he's totally going to take advantage of that and and he, he's not going to plead the fifth because he's not a target here mm-hmm. he, he you know they aren't trying to charge pence with crimes mm-hmm. uh, i know a lot of people may disagree with that but it's true you wouldn't be able to prove that pence had anything to do with this because he fought it at mm-hmm. every step of the way he wanted to to cave because he's a coward <laughs> but you know he called up uh dan potato quail and <laughs> And Judge Ludig, and and they were like, no, dude, you can't do it. And he's like, all right, I won't do it. And uh, and so, if he if he does plead the fifth, if he does think that he might incriminate himself by answering any questions, I have no doubt Jack Smith's just gonna immunize him on the spot, right. which happens a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're testifying in front of the grand jury, they plead the fifth, you walk over to the judge across the hall and say you immunize him okay and then you go back and then he testifies right he pence wants to testify he wow. wants to do this his, <laughs> his mark short and greg jacob did it his his two top people they wouldn't have done that without the okay from pence they'd have fought it yeah okay we have to take a quick break but we'll be right back after this message i'm donald trump you're listening to the start me up podcast with kimberly johnson who's hotter than ivanka believe me Spark your creativity with The Sims. Sometimes you might feel like you're not creative and you have to go in search of your creative spark again. Maybe this is catching up with creative friends, experimenting with a new look, or trying out a new recipe. And thanks to The Sims, inspiration is just one game and one spark away. Ready to spark something? Download The Sims 4 and play for free. Okay, so let's move over to indictments, and I just want to start this by saying, you know, I see the ER uh, liberals saying that the Bragg case is weak, although, you know, 34 felonies to me, that's not weak, but this is only the beginning, and, uh, but I also want you to, before we get into all that right there, because there's a whole lot, but um, there's also a conspiracy, there's also conspiracy, but I don't understand, like, was he charged with conspiracy? Um, Can you explain that one? Yeah, absolutely. And Alvin Bragg alluded to this in his press conference by per the law, because people had asked him, why didn't you charge conspiracy? And you mentioned it. Why didn't you charge conspiracy? Uh, And I don't mean to give them a a weird voice. I love the press. (laughs) Uh, I'm giving him the old timey look. See, why didn't you put conspiracy in there? See, Uh, but he explained the law doesn't require me to. And that is 
Correct. When you are charging a fel- uh, when you're charging a misdemeanor bal- business falsification charge, mm-hmm. and you want to elevate it to a felony, you have to prove intent to defraud and intent to conceal another crime. You don't have to charge for that crime, and you don't have to prove that that crime mm-hmm. happened, that they committed that crime. And the crimes that he he didn't specifically spell them out, but the underlying crimes that, that he was trying to conceal, Trump was trying to conceal by falsifying business records, are state conspiracy to um, affect an election, mm-hmm. to promote an election. Uh, that is in New York state law. And then federal uh, campaign finance violations exceeding the cap on donations federally and we know that you can couple a federal law with a state law to elevate those falsification of business records because Cy Vance went on to Jen Psaki's show and said oh yeah we, we use federal crimes all the time not specifically campaign finance federal crimes but we've consistently paired and, and successfully paired federal crimes uh, without charging them because they can't charge federal crimes and then also uh, tax problems you know I, I don't know if i would say tax fraud but mm-hmm. you know uh falsifying tax documents for both state and i don't think he mentioned federal tax uh things and then also another crime was causing business falsification uh of records at pecker david pecker's ami mm-hmm. national inquirer owner of the national inquirer mm-hmm. that's another crime they tried to conceal by falsifying the trump organization business records so that those are the crimes Mm -hmm. and and he doesn't have to prove them and he doesn't have to charge them Mm -hmm. now the defense will probably file a bill of particulars which is a a thing saying we need to know specifically what these underlying crimes are what are the statutes spell them out because we need to know how to defend those Mm -hmm. and uh he you know he will likely have to do that um and and then we'll maybe see some more detail about it but you don't want to have to charge those harder crimes to prove like conspiracy and campaign Mm -hmm. finance if you don't have to charge them don't charge them if you don't have to because they're harder to prove than the falsification of business records which is now elevated to a felony wow wow so now what do you have to say to people who are saying this is a weak case i think that they're wrong but I also want to just say, personally, I kind of don't give a shit about this case. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Like, I'm I'm glad he's been indicted. I'm glad he's being held to account like any other white-collar criminal in New York. I think it's important mm-hmm. for the rule of law. I think it's also important to show Fonnie Willis and Jack Smith what they're up against when they indict him. Yeah. But to me, the crimes that uh, I'm following and the cases that I have a huge interest in are January 6th. And the documents case, both being brought by uh, Fonnie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, and by Jack Smith. Uh, and the indictments haven't happened yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the, the court schedule for the New York State Supreme Court takes so long that even if Jack Smith didn't indict on documents for another couple of months, the trial for the documents case could be over before we see the trial for New York State. And I find it interesting that no one, not Trump, nor the DA's office in Manhattan objected to the next hearing being all the way in December, December 4th. And, mm-hmm. and Andrew Weissman brought up the point, this is good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for the rule of law, I should say, because yeah. if Trump was innocent and believed he was innocent and had proof he was innocent, he would ask for a speedy trial and he would likely get it. Mm-hmm. He didn't. <laughs> and the DA likely didn't want a sooner trial because I suspect there might be superseding indictments here and they would want to be able to 
bring those and add them to the 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 same trial would be the same trial if they're superseding indictments so we'll see what happens but you know for me um this is not about paying off a porn star Mm -hmm. or a a sex worker or this is about falsification of business records plain and simple uh kind of like how bill clinton wasn't about his affair Mm -hmm. it was about obstruction of justice Mm -hmm. he lied about it right so yeah you know, we're going to hear process crimes, process crimes from the right. Uh, but the cover up is always, always, always worse than the crime. In the yeah. documents case, the obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. that carries a 20 year max sentence. That's twice the sentence for espionage that he also faces. It's the cover up. And the reason it's so important is because obstruction of justice and falsification of business records, things like that, what the right calls process crimes dig at the heart of the core of the justice system in this country and and you know breaking them and you know supporting people who break them like by pardoning scooter libby for example Mm -hmm. really cuts at the heart and to helps dismantle our institutions and our faith in our institutions and so these cover-ups the falsification of business records the obstruction of the documents in mar-a-lago that is the obstructing an official proceeding on january 6th those are the crimes and any any right winger who says they're just process crimes say oh okay so but you so bill clinton's cool then because that was a process crime right. <laughs> hillary's cool because that was a process crime martha stewart cool because that was a process crime she mm-hmm. didn't go to jail for insider trading she tried to hide it mm-hmm. wow okay so now i want to talk about uh the bigger uh the bigger possible indictments that are coming down the pike and we know they are um First yeah. of all, we, we just saw the Justice Department said to have more evidence of possible Trump obstruction at Mar-a-Lago. So they're saying that he showed some of these um, documents to different people. Let's talk about that. And I want to hear what you have to say about this overall, because I have not been following it. You know, I'm not I'm not following the details of it. So I'm happy to have you here and you can fill us in. Yeah. So what it looks like happened is he stole a bunch of documents mm-hmm. because he felt like they were his, which he admitted on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and he got a notice of a subpoena to get those documents back from the Department of Justice after the National Archives told the Department of Justice why National Archives waited 18 months. I don't effing know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't tell the Department of Justice until May of last year. So they in May they subpoenaed the documents. And apparently, uh, Trump, um, you know, they came and got some of the documents. Apparently, Trump told, like, went down and looked through the documents and then told people to move some of them and hide them in another area because he didn't want to let them go because Nixon profited off of having his documents. And so he misled his lawyers. He obstructed justice uh, pursuant to that subpoena. We have it, some of it on tape. We have, uh, according to uh, this new reporting that you are talking about from the Washington Post, we have emails, testimony, witness testimony, video surveillance, text messages, all documenting that he obstructed justice to not have to answer to that subpoena and then tried to hide the documents. And then, and then, when you know the doj knew that he still had documents because of all the evidence that they were able to establish they went and searched his house and found a hundred and something more so and and proving that he did obstruct justice and so i think he's dead to rights on obstruction 
I want to ask you the question that everybody's talking about, which is the um, possibility that he would go to jail. And, you know, we, we all know it's like people are saying probably not jail, but house arrest. There's the whole idea. You know, Jody Hamilton's like, look, we could just give him his own, um, you know, find a jail where he's left alone and then the Secret Service can go watch him over there. Um, you know, somebody I talked to said that maybe he could just get a modest house with, you know, <laughs> not Mar-a-Lago with no access to the Internet. What do you think is likely if he gets if he is um, found guilty? Obviously, this is going to be up to a judge to sentence. So you can't read the judge's mind. But just based on everything, you know, who you talk to and then, you know, the history of this country, if he's found guilty, what do you expect? Well, in, in Manhattan, I doubt he'll face jail time. Um, it, you know, it depends. We'll see. Uh, but in the, in like, let's talk, let's take the documents case, for example, the, the DOJ, once they charge somebody, if they get a conviction from the jury, which of course is not, I mean, the DOJ can try the best case they can and not all juries go with you, but mm-hmm. if they did get a conviction, it's going to be up to Jack Smith and his office to make sentencing recommendations. Okay. And they could cut a deal like they did with Spiro Agnew that he's not run for office again, mm-hmm. and, you know, or they or Jack Smith might be like, no, this motherfucker's got to go to prison mm-hmm. and recommend a jail sentence and, you know, have to work that out. Or he might say, let's put him on house arrest to alleviate the issue that we have with Secret Service having to have a Secret Service detail. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be impossible right to jail a former president like how do you even go about doing that so they might come up with some pretty creative ideas but i i imagine jack smith in some way will insist that his liberty be restricted whether it's at mar-a-lago with an ankle bracelet and you have to eat at the omelet bar until you die or (laughs) i mean mar-a-lago sucks i mean it's 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 not the best place (laughs) in the world to be but you know they'll restrict his uh, freedom somehow but i think what's the the most important thing here is they have laws on the books both in new york federally and in georgia and stuff and but especially federally that you can't profit off of the commission of a crime so he won't be able to sell mm-hmm. handcuffs and oh my god and right and he would <laughs> mug shot coins and all of this money that he's raised since he's been indicted by the way will yeah. probably i see jacks or uh the manhattan da trying to claw that back wow because you can't profit off of the commission of a crime we'll see but he i he will pay somehow mm-hmm. i just don't know what that looks like yeah. um and he could you know croak before any of this exactly. happens yeah so uh, you know and my whole thing was guy i just hope he gets indicted before that happens and that happens so i'm I, everything else right now is gravy for me right okay now i have a i know you got to go but i have a quick question for you sure. um there's a guy that i know and it was, I can't remember the date, right? But it was a couple weeks ago. On Tuesday, he sends me an email and he says, I know somebody who works at the uh, Southern District of New York. And they sent me a message that said, get ready to celebrate. So yeah, I, I saw t- that too. Okay. So, the I- same person. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And so I asked Bob about it and he's like, well, there's nothing going on with Southern District of New York. And then the following day, there's an article uh, about Truth Social is laundering <laughs> Russian money, and that's okay. through the Southern District of New York. The, the, they declined to comment. So now, do you know anything about this? 
Um, only from what's in public reporting. Okay. And, and that is that the Southern District of New York is criminally investigating at least money laundering for Truth Social. Now, whether Trump himself is directly involved in that mm-hmm. or can be tied to that might be very, very difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. But they are investigating um, okay. the the funding of 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 truth socials you know M- mgmt or whatever it is yeah and also the dwac spac uh deal that uh sec is also investigating but i took that to be the get ready to celebrate news that came out of the southern district right 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 okay okay well th- all of this looks really good it looks really promising and i'm glad you were here to to um flesh some of this out for us and, yeah, and I, I think what we have to remember is, is what Lawrence O'Donnell said, is that every single day for the rest of his life is going to be the worst day of his yes. life. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I just I want to reiterate that, too, because somebody said to me in a comment online, oh, well, he's a narcissist, so he doesn't care. And it's like, OK, narcissists need to be adored. They, they want to be you know, people to think that they're great. Obviously, I mean, look at Trump all the time. So this is not great. This is not adoring. When he's under arrest, when he's under indictment, when 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 the law is after him every which way but loose, he is freaking the fuck out. Even Michael Cohen said he's uh, Cohen said he was terrified. I think you could see the look on his face uh, mm. the other day when he was being arrested. I think it was um, Brian Karam posted a picture saying, "I've never seen this face on Trump." So yes, yep. there is absolutely. The understanding that he is always going to be running from the law, he is always going to be worried that it's going to go in some direction that, you know, it's going to hurt him, it's going to make him feel uncomfortable. This is going to plague him literally for the rest of his life. So there is some, you know, we may not see the kind of justice that we would like, you know, that depending on each person, what they want to see Trump suffer through, but this is definitely bothering him so we should all take some joy and delight because he has been torturing us now for seven years he's been getting away with crimes for decades now it's his turn to be in the spotlight in a very negative way and i think yeah let's take some time to enjoy that because we deserve it (laughs) we absolutely do and i i I want to just you know everyone you have the permission to be happy whenever everyone is like this is a sad day no it isn't (laughs) november 11th 2016 that was the sad sad day yeah it was sad that he ever got in office in the first place but since he did now we can all celebrate and rejoice and i just want to say thanks for coming on the show and obviously before i let you go tell everybody where to find you oh yeah sure i'm on twitter at muller she wrote you can find me there or you can you know check out all the the podcasts that we have at mswmedia.com yes and then you're also on spoutable and it's also Muller She Wrote, isn't it? Yeah, I'm at Muller She Wrote on Spoutable, Mastodon, Post. I'm not fully over there yet. I'm still trying to save Twitter. Yeah. A <laughs> bad <laughs> <laughs> nerd, but, you know, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'm not going to cede any ground mm-hmm. because he's trying to take away that platform yeah. of, uh, and, and ban journalism and free mm-hmm. thought and all that other stuff. So, 
I'm gonna stay there as long as, until you know, till the wheels fall, till it bursts into flames like a Tesla, and then uh, I'll probably head over to. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm basically I'm gonna stay over there too, and I'm also going to use it the best I can to build other social media sites. So I think it's it's a you know right now it's a really good time to recognize the importance of diversity in social media, and so you know spread spread yourself out a little. But I think I'm I'm right with you on the Twitter thing. So thank you thank you for sharing your knowledge and for all of your oh my God the Daily Beans all your podcasts amazing jack and Ilon 45 thank you allison it was awesome talking to you thank you bye bye bye